Welcome to the Mortality of Morality. I'm your host, Nolan Canfield. Recently, I have taken up a passion of studying and learning about philosophy, uh, specifically morals and ethics. And I think it's really interesting to see how morals and ethics have changed over the years. Uh, so today we are going to be going over Dante's Inferno because, well, a lot of time has passed since the book came out and it's a pretty ethical book. It talks a lot about uh, the ethics at the time and so I want to examine those and compare them to uh, today's standards. Uh, so circle one was Limbo and Limbo was, if you didn't really sin but you also didn't accept christianity you would kind of be put there and their punishment was that they'd like see the light of heaven but they would never be able to actually go there which i mean considering all the other punishments it's not that bad you're just it's kind of just a lot of despair but i think it's a lot of i think it's really interesting to compare how uh, that change, like how that reflects the time, uh, because obviously uh, in Italy at that time period, Christianity was very important. Um, it was the driving force uh, behind their philosophies and how they ran everything. So even if you never committed any actual sins, if you didn't accept God, you would still go to hell. And I don't think anyone would consider that uh, immoral today. Uh, religion and Christianity isn't as important today as it was 700 years ago. And I just think that's really interesting. Circle 2 was lust. And uh, in that circle of hell, people who acted lustful in life they were considered to have been acting without reason and so their souls are kind of being tossed about without reason for some reason or not for some reason we know the reason the reason was religion uh, they saw lust as something that was really terrible and you should act modestly uh, but Obviously, today, things have changed a lot, and lust and sex are a lot more normalized. Uh, you see a lot of people being more open, although there is still a lot of debate and controversy over is lust and is sex, is being open about that, good. But my main philosophy, uh, my thought process, is what is good and what is bad it, it all depends on the, the effects actions and also why you're committing those actions uh so something is going to be morally good if it has a good impact on someone else right uh although that get does get a little murky when you have good actions but the intentions behind the actions are not good uh it, it gets pretty complicated i'm gonna try to keep things simple when talking about lust here though uh, but my thought process behind lust is it 
doesn't have a negative impact on others, at least not in this category. Sure, you can take lust down to like almost a greed or a wrath, but in that case, it would be greed and wrath. So if you were up in this circle, circle two, lust, like I, in my opinion, in today's world, it's not that big of a deal. I would not consider that myself to be a sin. Circle three is gluttony. In, in my opinion, this this was the funniest circle to me, because uh, the punishment was just like them, like wallowing or like just sitting in filth, and I, I just the the mental image was pretty funny. Uh, and this kind of demonstrates another another thought process behind the, t the times, uh, and that's the seven deadly sins. So you got pride, you got greed, lust, envy gluttony, wrath, and sloth. And these were considered to be like the big seven, the, the worst sins you could commit. And yeah, I, I guess uh, you could consider that. Cause they're all pretty broad. They're all very general. Uh, so they, they can incorporate the worst things you do. Uh, but gluttony? I don't think gluttony on its own can be considered a sin. Although it can and I'll, I'll touch on that a little so gluttony at the time of writing this was considered like a form of greed like if you ate so much you were it it negatively impacted others because they couldn't have anything but i mean in some countries today and some like third world countries this can very well still be the case uh, where there's not enough food to go around, gluttony is a sin. But in countries like America, or I can't even say America as a whole, because uh, of there's a lot of like homelessness problems and stuff where like gluttony can very much be a bad thing. But in general, gluttony it doesn't really have negative impacts on others. However, uh. When you get into gluttony, there there is kind of greed that goes along with it. Uh, but I think if the, there's an instance of gluttony that is actually greed, that would go down in the greed circle. So in general, gluttony isn't that bad. Uh, and to, in today's world, sometimes gluttony can't really be helped. It's kind of just like a systemic a systemic thing because um, I mean a lot of the foods that have been popularized uh, just given how cheap they are how convenient they are they are unhealthy and you will you might have to eat more of them uh, which is why we see an obesity problem in our country uh, so gluttony has been kind of something that's been forced onto us almost uh, so is is it a sin if you kind of have to be a glutton to get through the day should you be going to hell to that for that uh i don't think so as long as your gluttony does not have a negative impact on others i think it's totally fine but when your gluttony means taking food or taking anything away from someone else that's immediately when it becomes a sin 
but in most cases, that's not really something that happens. Moving on to the fifth circle, uh, which is Wrath. And not really much has changed regarding like our philosophy uh, with Wrath, because yeah, anger is seen as pretty bad. Uh, however, I mean, there are some like exceptions and stuff. Sometimes anger is rightful, but at the end of the day, even if it is, if you do have a reason to be angry, how are how is that anger impacting others you can be acting with the best intentions in the world but as long as like you negatively harm someone because of your anger that's not going to be good you're having you're negatively impacting someone's life so that's that's when it becomes a sin because you are having a negative impact on others now, Dante touches on passive wraithfulness, which is like being sullen, uh, depressed, and like gloomy. I, I'm a little confused by this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously, this was written 700 years ago, and it may have not been like a perfect translation, but I don't see this as a crime. If he's talking about passive wrathfulness, uh, the only way I think that it can be a sin is if it means by passively, like, allowing wrath to happen without stopping it. Or just like, you know, uh, it's, it's just, it's a complicated thing, you know, uh, being passively wrathful. Like, does that mean just being angry but not acting on it does that mean allowing angriness to like happen without interfering uh, or is it just like being sad and depressed uh, if it's just being sad and depressed it's it's not a sin uh, i mean that's just, it's just it's normal to feel sad i mean it's normal to feel anger anger is also just a normal human emotion but it's all about how you act on those feelings. If you are just sullen and depressed and gloomy, but you act negatively on that, yeah, that I would consider that to be to be a sin. But like just being, like the act of being sad and depressed, is that a crime? I I I mean it isn't today, but maybe my working theory is that maybe if they saw you being depressed 700 years ago, it would kind of, it'd be like, kind of making fun, or like, not making fun, but like not being pleased with God, you know? So like, their thought process was, God gave you this wonderful life, why should you, why are you disrespecting it like this? Uh... And so they would they would consider that a crime, but I'm sure most people would agree today that being depressed and being gloomy is just a normal emotion that everyone experiences from time to time. Now, circle six is hearsay, and this kind of ties back to what we were talking about earlier, which was what, that Christianity at the time was the center of philosophy. Uh, obviously nowadays that's changed a lot 
because uh, depending on who you talk to, um, I mean, it changes with everyone. But science, uh, philosophy is a lot more scientific in nature, and it kind of combines religions. Uh, and what I mean by scientific is like analyzing how actions impact others. That, uh, if you couldn't tell already, that's a big part of my philosophies. I like to examine how actions impact others. Um, and not, not so much just like what you would classify the action as. Because uh, it's a lot more complex than just like saying like, you know, like a sin. You know, like uh, I'm going to use lying as an example. Uh, some people just would consider all lying to be immoral and bad. Uh, but it really depends on the intent of the lie and the consequences of the lie. If it was for a good reason and it had a good outcome, then I would not consider it to be immoral. Granted, lying was a bit of a bad example. Uh, I can't think of a good example of a lie uh, off the top of my head here but you want I th you should understand what I'm saying uh, but yeah modern-day philosophy it, it is a lot more scientific uh, but it's also just a combination of religions so being raised Catholic a lot of my philosophies stem uh, from Catholicism even if I'm not religious today um, a lot of this is just in like the basic principles and like some of the parables that they tell. Like one of my favorite ones that I like looking back on is don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. Uh, this means you shouldn't broadcast that you're doing good. You shouldn't share that with people. Like, because that kind of defeats the point of doing good. Because that means the intention was just to look good and so even though it had a net positive outcome like the intentions behind it were bad uh, but moving back on to circle six and about hearsay uh, really it just showed that if you disagreed with Christianity they thought that that was a very bad crime uh, which I mean that has changed a lot um, yeah. Circle seven, uh, violence. So general violence is still frowned upon. Uh, we don't usually encourage violence because it al almost always has both negative intention and negative consequences. However, they're, they're like, uh, different rings in circle seven. And the second ring is self-harm. Uh, today, violence against yourself is seen as a sickness and not a malicious action. The thought process back then, and this kind of stems back uh, to earlier, was God gave you this body, God gave you this life, you should not take it away. Uh, so it was seen as very disrespectful to be dissatisfied, uh, but today we realize that uh, some people are just depressed. Some people don't find 
happiness. Um, and it's not a malicious action. It does not have bad intentions or, you know, it does have bad consequences sometimes, but it was never meant to be a bad action. It's, it's just a sickness. And so modern philosophy is a lot different in that regard. Uh, we don't see it as something that should be punished. We see it as something that uh, you need you need you need to treat, you know, because a lot of people, a lot of people will feel that way sometimes, and it's it's a normal thing uh, that you and you just need to take care of them. Uh, and then there we have uh, violence against nature. Uh, or like just violence against God in general. Uh, and this part is very different. Sodomy. Uh, sodomy is seen as violence against nature. Uh, obviously, homosexuality uh, has been a lot more positively accepted in recent years. Uh, it does not have any uh, negative intents, negative outcomes. Uh, it's just it's just love, right? Um, and homosexuality has been observed in nature, so most modern philosophers uh, that wouldn't consider sodomy to be to be so bad. It's definitely not circle seven uh levels of bad um and then we have violence against art uh this one was, is a little complicated and i'm not sure i completely understand it but like usury i think it's pronounced i'm not entirely sure uh, means uh, like taking advantage of others misfortunes and yeah, most people would consider that to be really bad. Um, taking advantage uh, of someone when they're at their lowest, I don't think is something that will ever be tolerated because everything about it is bad. You have uh, bad intentions, you have bad outcomes. There is no good on it that comes from it. And that's kind of where I'm going to stop the analysis, because Circle 8, which is fraud, is still still bad. Fraud, uh, there's no examples of good fraud that I can think of. And then Circle 9 is treachery, and treachery is pretty bad. Uh, I cannot think of any good examples of either of those. Uh, because it all comes back to uh, your intent and the consequences of your actions. And fraud and treachery are never going to come from good... Well, they can come from good intentions, but they're always going to result in bad consequences. Like, maybe you yourself will prosper, but it's always going to have a negative impact on others. Well, that was an analysis of the philosophies of Dante's Inferno. I hope you enjoyed it. It certainly was 
very interesting to go through and compare how things have changed over the years. Uh, I have strong passion for morals and ethics, and so it's it's always fun to compare and see how things have changed over the years. I hope you join me for my next podcast eventually, whenever that happens. Thank you.